Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many blessings you've poured upon us this day. And now the blessed opportunity once again to get back into your word. Thank you so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z, in the word guidance, and we're in the book of Revelation in chapter 19. We know that that is the timeline of the end of the tribulation time. And we see other studies that you can go back to Matthew chapter 24 and 25 and find out some more details about the tribulation time and, of course, some Old Testament references. But also we see in Luke chapter 21, verses 34 through 36, where it reads, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. To escape those things is to be raptured up, to be taken out of this world into the next before the events of the tribulation kick in. So then we'll be getting into the subject of the rapture, the Lord coming back and receiving us to be with Him. As He teaches us in John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So the Lord teaching the disciples directly that, and of course us as well, that he is going to come back and receive us to be with him and not have to go into the tribulation, the wrath to come as he identifies it. And over in 1 Thessalonians, some of the more studied verses concerning the rapture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Ever be with the Lord. We get united with Him. We stay united with Him for eternity. And it is so awesome that He has given us that by grace. And we know after the rapture, there's such a chaotic result of taking that many people out of the world and taking that much influence of the Holy Ghost off of the planet, the Battle of Gog and Magog kicks in. And at the end of the Battle of Gog and Magog, the Lord ends that war with a great storm, hailstones and so forth. You go back to Ezekiel 
37, 38, 39, and find references to that. And we know that at the end of that war, that the Antichrist is going to rise up and try to take credit for that, sign the treaty with Israel, and the signing of that treaty initiates the seven-year clock of the tribulation time, the seven-year tribulation that you can see reference to over in Matthew chapter 24. And at the end of that seven years, we see chapter 19 of Revelation kicking in. But let's go ahead and start at the beginning of Revelation chapter 19. And we know that this is the experience that John is having, the revelation given to John from Jesus Christ to John concerning the last days. In Revelation chapter 19, pick it right up here in verse 1. And after these things, I, of course that's John, the Apostle John, heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with her fornication and hath avenged the blood of his saints at her hand. And again they said, Alleluia, and her smoke rose up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints." And he saith unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Now the, the bride, of course, is the church, the believers, the family of God in such way. They are the bride. The groom, of course, is Jesus Christ. That's the coming together, uniting with Jesus Christ that we just read about. He's going to return rapture us up to be with him in the clouds, ever to be with him. And that's the bride being prepared, being clothed in the white raiment. And then, of course, the tribulation time kicks in. We see further here in Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open. Now this vision here that John has been granted, this experience, we see now Jesus Christ in his glory. We see him in his strength, his power. He's coming down to establish the millennial kingdom. But first he must clear out all the evil and restore the planet. 
as we get back into it here. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. Jesus Christ is who he's speaking of here. Not a lowly riding in on a donkey, but on this white horse, triumphantly. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. We know that over in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, it refers to Jesus Christ as being the Word. As it continues, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. The armies are the saints. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. This sharp sword is his word, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. So what is this horrible slaughter of people that he's speaking of here? It's that event that's going to take place right at the end of the tribulation time. When the Lord strikes everybody down that's not a born-again Christian. Verse 19, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Of course, we know the rise of the Antichrist and the false prophet during the tribulation time. This is at the end of that tribulation time, that now it's time for them to be gathered together and tossed into the lake of fire. And the remnant were slain. The remnant are being all of those that are still alive, all those people that are still alive on the planet that had given their lives over to serving Satan. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. In other words, Jesus Christ merely spoke, and they were all slain. Which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Rolling right on into chapter 20. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So we see Satan is not yet cast into the lake of fire. He is bound and going to be bound for a thousand years. The millennium or millennial period that we speak about. 
the thousand years where Jesus Christ is going to establish the kingdom here on this planet that he will restore at the end of the event we're reading about here back to its perfect condition that will need to be in order to rule and reign here for a thousand years. As it continues, And cast him, of course Satan, into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. So why would he loose Satan for that little season? Well, there's going to be a lot of folks that survived the tribulation time that were born-again Christians. They're going to be able to enter into, as the Lord describes it, the joy of the Lord. As he speaks of that over in Matthew, where he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That is speaking of going into the millennial period and they will be human they will be able to have kids so you got a thousand years of a perfect planet and all these people on there they're going to be having babies and a thousand years going to be a lot of babies being born and all those that are born during that millennial period are going to have to make their decision to either follow jesus christ or follow satan so Satan has to be loosed for a, a time period in order to tempt those, in order for those to show that they trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and have not turned against him. So that's why Satan has not yet been cast into the lake of fire. Because all those that are going to be born during the thousand years are going to have to have a time of making a decision. Trust Jesus Christ or follow Satan. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, in which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years." He's talking about those that were martyred during the tribulation time and possibly even those that were martyred prior to the tribulation time. But we know that as part of our gift from the Lord, we will be able to, all of us born-again Christians, come with Him and be a part of the millennial period to rule and reign with Him for that thousand years. But the rest of the dead, the rest of the dead here are those that were killed by the word of the Lord and those that were killed or died prior to that were all lost, that were all sinners. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power. The second death is the final judgment and being cast into the lake of fire. But they shall be priests, who, that's all those that I spoke of earlier, that are the born-again Christians. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired... 
Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. For how long? For a little season, whatever that is. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Isn't that amazing that he would be able to have that many followers at the end of the millennial period? At the end of the time where Jesus Christ will sit on the throne in Jerusalem, ruling and reigning, and with thousands and thousands of people that are born-again Christians being able to preach and teach and reach out to those, it shows you how the heart of man can be so evil, can be so contrary to the Lord, that even under those ideal conditions to still turn against the one who gives them all substance. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. They thought they could come up against Jesus Christ and his followers. Didn't work out. Now we see God Almighty, the Father, taking care of the judgment of those. And he strikes them all dead with fire from heaven. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So at that point, the devil goes right into that lake of fire with the Antichrist and the false prophet to be there for eternity. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. Now this great throne is the final judgment and this final judgment will be the place where everybody that has not been judged up to that point will receive their judgment. It's been misspoken, or I say falsely taught, not intentionally, but falsely taught that this is only a judgment for the lost, which it is not. They are forgetting about the countless people that will be born during the millennial period. They have to have a judgment. We've already studied and seen the judgment seat of Christ, which will occur after the rapture of the church. When he's preparing his bride with that white garment, they go through a judgment, and that's the judgment seat of Christ. But all of those that have become born-again Christians and have passed away or were still alive through all this will have to have a time of judgment. And that will be the great white throne judgment. That's where everybody that has not yet received a judgment will receive a judgment. And so a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for it. And what about this where it says the heaven and the earth are fled away? Fled away is because they're destroyed completely, melted away, gone. Peter speaks of this 
over in Second Peter in chapter 3. Here we see Peter speaking of the last days. It reads, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the, of the creation. And this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Speaking of creation and the judgment of the great flood. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Jesus Christ keeps everything in existence. By his word it was spoken into existence. By his word it will be taken out of existence. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. It's because Jesus Christ spoke time into existence. He's outside of time. Because the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why He is held out. We look around, we see the evil of the times, and wonder, why, Lord, why are you waiting? It's because He's waiting for more to come to Him before it's everlasting too late for them. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That's the total destruction of all of physical creation. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, we, the born-again Christians, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. How you do that? By trusting in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, getting him washed in the blood. Ask for forgiveness. He'll forgive you. As we get back into the judgment over in Revelation chapter 20. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Notice, everything's being recorded, and we would be judged according to our works, whether our works are righteous or unrighteous. Different degrees of of rewards for those that are born-again Christians and different degrees of punishment for those that are not. 
And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Some think that they're going to be spending eternity in hell. No, hell gets cast into the lake of fire. So you're in the lake of fire. I guess you could say, well, since the hell is in the lake of fire, you're still in hell. But no, they're pulled out of hell and judged and then cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The only way to get your name written in the book of life is to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And your name is written in that book of life, sealed in there by the power of the Holy Ghost. And then rolling right on into chapter 21, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So we see how new heaven and a new earth. Some folks say that there's been so many people born again through the centuries that how can this earth sustain that many people in the future? Well, this earth isn't going to have to sustain that many people in the future because this earth, as we just read, passed away, gone. It's going to be vaporized into nothing by the Word of God. And a new heaven and a new earth. The new earth may be a billion times bigger than this one. We don't know. I'm sure it's going to be way more than what we could ever imagine in beauty and majesty. And all the creatures created new again, as he tells us. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Notice, I make all things new. New animals, new plants, new planet, new place for us to dwell for eternity with our new bodies. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Sons and daughters, of course, united with God, with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Ghost, to be with them for eternity on the big, brand new, beautiful earth with all the wondrous things created new. And it's going to be so much more than what we could imagine in beauty and in glory and majesty. And to be able to experience that and to have, as he said there, all of our tears wiped away. And no more sorrow, no crying, neither shall there be any more pain. But a form of things are passed away. 
And that's awesome right there. Many of us suffer pain. Yes, all of us suffer pain of some sort, but there are many out there that are in constant pain. It's going to be awesome when you receive that glorified body and you don't have that constant pain and that sorrow all gone. Blessed by the Lord. And it is truly all by grace and mercy that He does that for us. So let's trust in the Lord. Let's ask for forgiveness. Let's be wiped clean so that we can be without spot and blameless. All right, let's go ahead and close there. We'll pick it back up in Revelation next time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. It is so powerful. It really can give us the encouragement that we need to keep on going in this world because we know what we have to look forward to later. And it truly is really beyond our understanding of what beauty and glory and majesty and pleasure that there is in store for us for eternity that have trusted you and help us to take our experiences and share with others out there in the world so they also can experience that kind of pleasure and joyfulness of being one of your family we thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in jesus precious holy name amen thank you all